Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're in the position of identifying the core, how we were going to move forward, make sure that we develop those players and then re-retain those players. And that's what we've kind of been the plan and the vision and what we've been sticking to. So for me, sometimes the timing can be you know, different with different players. But what I go back to is, do we believe that this player truly wants to be here for the right reason, wants to be a Buffalo Sabre, loves playing in this organization, and then do we believe that they have an opportunity to continue to get better? And obviously that was the case with Dylan and the others that we've signed as well. Head of Sabres GM Kevin Adams met with the media yesterday. We have it online, by the way. I mean, he's going to join us in a second. But if you want to listen to what he said yesterday as well, you can find that online in on-demand audio at WGR550.com. On-demand audio brought to you by Northwest Bank for what's next. Get started at Northwest.com. What's next is Mr. Kevin Adams joining us on the West Star Hotline. Kevin, it is Howard and Jeremy. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Thanks for coming on with us today. Yeah, no problem. Good morning, guys. How things come together, Kevin, for the Dylan Cousins deal? You know, you've got you've got uh, a bunch of long-term extensions that have been signed, and I guess I just wonder the the process. Who called who first? Right? It's kind of like how'd you how'd you meet your spouse? How, how did this come together between the Sabers and Dylan Cousins? Yeah, uh, well, you know, I, I mean, it, it goes back to a little bit of what I've been talking about for a couple of years and how we want to build this organization, which is you know draft draft well, develop our players. Um, retain the players that we believe are part of our core and that truly want to be here for the right reason. So that's kind of the vision and the plan. And then as you're going along, obviously, um, you're starting to get closer to depending on where they are in their contracts and the status. And over the summer, we uh, we had a good conversation with, with Dylan's agent, Awa, and just kind of, you know, philosophically wanted to make sure we were aligned and on the same page. And that, that started it. But we, we kind of agreed that, you know what, this is a – important time for Dylan just to come to camp, be ready to play. Um, big step for him, we thought, in terms of what he started to show last year. And um, so we kind of left it at that. I'd say maybe uh, a couple months ago or six weeks ago now, I was on a road trip, got a call from his agent, just said, you know, he's really excited about his season and where the team is and where the team's headed and how things are coming together and, you know, be open to talking about, you know, an extension and moving moving forward and which I'm absolutely open to. I think the most critical part for me in these things is I don't want it to become a distraction to the player. You know, it's um it's tricky. You can all of a sudden take your focus away from what you need to be thinking about every day and, and it can change the way you play. So we uh we had that conversation and then the next step was, 
me and Dylan um, to get together, just the two of us and talk. And that's an important part of how I do things. I like to make sure that, you know, I understand the agents and that's part of it. And, but I really want to make sure I'm developing relationships with all our players and there's honest communication back and forth because I can't force someone to want to be here and they can't, um, you know, just make that up. We have to be truly aligned in, in how we're seeing things. So we had a great conversation, Dylan and I, and spent, you know, some time together on a road trip. And, you know, then from there we started the process of, you know, the negotiation. And really with this all-star break and bye week um, was the time I felt to really, if we were going to move forward and get this done, um, to get it done, you know, because of the break, because of Dylan not having to completely, you know, be thinking about a game that night. Um, so that was kind of our intent and, you know, good on them to uh, to work at it with us. And obviously we got it done. When it comes to these kind of deals, Kevin, I, I wonder about – you know, you're you're making a long term bet on a player. This is true of uh, Samuelson, who got a big long extension. You know, Tage had had a breakout season and signs a deal. And for Cousins, you know, you, you mentioned it started in the off season in the summer, and then 49 games into this year. How does the process within the organization work for your scouts, you the scouts, the data guys, making it a decision to say this is a bet? we're comfortable making or not not even to say it's like a gamble but just you know to make this commitment to a young player it's definitely something we're seeing more of in the NHL and i wonder how the process internally with with your management team goes through okay green light this is a player to bet on yeah it's a great question jeremy and it's uh you know these these type of decisions are not made in a vacuum and they're i mean these are these are franchise changing decisions quite honestly you know depending on how um it comes together and you know what the term of the contract and the dollar amount and what it sets you up to do you know down the road and so they're not taken lightly i promise you that so our internal process is you know obviously from my day in and day out conversations you know, I spend a lot of time with the coaching staff and just making sure I understand exactly what they're seeing and feeling and what's going on on the bench. And, you know, just so, so I'm having that dialogue on a daily basis. Then within our hockey operations department, you know, we have the pro scouting side with Jeremiah Crow, led, led by Jeremiah Crow. We have Sam Ventura on the analytics side that leads that department. And then associate general manager Jason Carmanos and assistant general manager Mark Jakubowski have different day-to-day roles and responsibilities um, that are divvied up, you know, under them. So as we begin these type of um, initial discussions, you know, I ask the group, you know, to really come to me with what they see, what are, what are they, what are they thinking about? um, How does it make sense? And we make sure that we're aligned. And, and, And the example I would give you is what I like to do is compare what the analytics say, what our scouting size says, what our coaches are saying, and then personally what I'm seeing, you know, every day. And you balance all that. So you take in all the information you can, and then you obviously, you know, have a marketplace that you have to go through. Mark Jakubowski does an amazing job, you know, inside our organization of understanding the landscape and where things are at, you know, both from externally, contracts around the league, and then our own internal structure, um, and then you go and you work at it, and then obviously you have negotiations, and they can be intense at times, and they're never easy, and they shouldn't be. These are these are very important decisions, both sides. I would imagine not that it makes it easier for the the franchise, but in the, in these last couple, it's not like you are there's a there's a clock ticking, or at least if if it's ticking, it's not ticking that loudly. You've 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 struck these deals with lots of time before it would ever get, I think, 
something you have to worry about. Would that, would that be fair to say? Like to be proactive means that you can keep yourself in a good spot. Yeah, I think that makes sense, Jeremy. How you framed it, and I, you know, there's times where you never know how deals come together. There's certainly timing on both sides, um, but. Yeah, you're right. Like, you don't, nobody wants to be backed into a corner and, you know, feel like you're, there's just this, you have to do it by this certain time. You know, there was a little bit of an artificial, I'd say, deadline of, with Dylan of kind of coming out of this break that we wanted to wrap this up. But at the same point, if it didn't happen, we would have parked it and we would have picked it back up in the offseason, you know? So I, I do like to be proactive um, when we make decisions and we think that we're, we're making it for the right reason. Um, I don't, I don't want to wait. Let's, let's move forward. Let's have these discussions. Let's lock up our core term with term if, if we can. And it goes back to you guys have heard me say it over and over again. If, we're, if we are going to build this the right way, we need to do it with people that you know, truly care about this organization and this community. And I, and I do believe in that wholeheartedly. Um, that the fans also then understand the other side of what these people mean to them when they come watch and play every night. And I think it's very powerful. You've got, obviously, a full team to field. How many players, this is kind of a, I'm not trying to trap you here, how many players make up a core to you? Like, what? what is, if you're building around a core, six, eight, you know, you've got goalie, defense, forwards, but is there a, is there a I don't know, like a loose number that would be identified as a core? Yeah, that's it. you know what? I've never thought of it that way because I don't think there is an answer to that. And you know that I'll and I'll explain why. Part of it is because every team is built differently, you know, and just the way where they're, you know, maybe some of their cap dollars are being spent heavier. You know, I mean, some it may be a goaltender, some it may be forward D, you know, or both. It just I don't have an exact number, but what I can tell you is you you make sure that you're flexible with that and when people have earned their way into that core you want to make sure that you're proactive and and you may you lock them up and that's a, that's a great thing for them and us so you know there's there's players that we we still have more work to do like you know we've obviously signed some of these players that you've mentioned already to extensions and long term, but we have more core players um, that we believe are coming that are part of this already that we believe here. We just whether it's where they're at in their contract or whatever the situation, you know, we're not able to do that yet. But we certainly know we have more players to go, and to me, that's the great thing. You know, the more players that we can that I can get on the radio with you and say, hey, this is another core piece. That's a great thing for us. So you know, that's how we evaluate it. Kevin, what would you do? Jeremy brought up a scenario, and I wanted to ask you, since you're the guy who would have to make the decision, what would you do if you were able to identify a very valuable piece for this organization? It's not in the organization. You would trade for someone, all right? Um, Identify a valuable piece, bring them in, and then give out one of these big contracts you're giving out to your own. Is that something you would worry about? Is it something you would think about? Would you wonder how it goes? Do you have to care how it would go over in the room if an outsider came in and you identified them as a key piece going forward? Yes, absolutely. I mean, all of what you said is something I think about every day. And I guess, you know, the, the way I would explain that answer is part of it is where are you in the evolution of your, of your in trajectory of your team and franchise. Um, and I do believe that, you know, there's a time and place for that. You know, maybe, okay, you have your general core, to Jeremy's point, how many is that? You know, I don't know, but you have that core 
locked up. You feel good about where you're at. Now you're trying to round it out. And maybe there's a player that you think, man, this, this, this player moves the needle for us in a, in a big way. Our team can handle it. Um, then maybe you're ready to make that move. But, but candidly, I'll tell you, you know, I really believe in rewarding the people inside this dressing room that have, that are earning it here. And, you know, not to say that we won't do something or, you know, when the right time is, we won't do it. But, you know, I do think you have to be careful of that. I think you have to make sure you're, you're taking care of the people inside your room, um, building it the right way. And then when it's the right time, when it's the right player, then be willing to do that. And I also think the players understand that, too, because at the end of the day, if a player comes in from the outside and they believe that they're the right type of person and player to help us win, um, guys will embrace it for sure. How do you handle this scenario? I'm curious. You, you've talked a lot about, you know, stick to the plan, don't fast forward, build sustainable success. And you look at the organization, your organization you guys have right now, you have young players here. You're identifying your core. You're locking them up. You have some very talented players in Rochester. You have some really young, talented prospects in juniors or in Europe, wherever. Um, how, at what point, Kevin, or how do you have that inner discussion of, using future after you hang on to everybody, keep all your prospects, keep all your picks, or at what point does it turn to, wait a minute, I can make this team even better now, but I've got to give up some of that future, some of those future assets. How do you handle that discussion? Yeah, I think, you know, again, it goes, it goes back to, you know, communication, collaboration, having the right conversations, whether it's with the coaches, uh, the hockey operations department, um, ownership, you know, where are we in our, in, in that kind of evolution, as I mentioned earlier, Um, you know, so I think you have to strike the balance of, of looking at all those things and then trusting a little bit of your instincts. And when you think the team is ready for something like that, but I, you know, but I will say like, you, you have to be really, really careful um, just trying to make a move and fast forwarding at this, at the kind of expense of the development in, in, you know, future. So, um, you know, I don't think that's something that is unheard of by any means in a team that's close. So they think, Hey, this player is going to put us over the top. You see it every, you see it all the time, every trade deadline. I just think you have to be aware of what the cost is. You know, I mean, that, that's what it boils down to. That's why, you have to be in every com- <clears throat> excuse me every conversation. You have to be aware of what the marketplace is because <clears throat> when you do those analysis, if the cost is worth it, then you know and you think your team's ready for it, you'll make that move. But if it's not, um, you have to be disciplined and take the emotion out of it and just move forward. And you know the other piece of that, and you've heard me say this, I'm sure before, is you have to be careful about blocking the development of your young players. And there's a balance to that. You want to you strike a balance of, you know, the right type of people in the room that can handle situations and experience. But you also have to give your players the opportunity to learn and grow by going through, through situations. Um, and that's really important. I thought one of the things you said yesterday, Kevin, that was interesting. You had mentioned something about you'd gone to Kyle Oposo, and I think you, you know, you said something about how yeah, I think you asked him, or, you know, do you think we're getting pushed around too much? Um, again, trade trade deadline approaching. Um, do you think is there an element that you would like to add to this team? Do you think it needs more grit? I don't mean a specific player, obviously, but do you think there's there's an element, depth on defense, or a piece that you think would be good to add to this team right now? Well, you know, it's 
I think part of the reason I what I was explaining yesterday is is Kyle Posto and I have a great relationship. We talk all the time. We we you know I have to be um, aware of what our players are feeling every day and sensing on the ice. They are the ones on the ice doing it. You know, like I can have my thoughts and opinions, but I'm crazy in this job not to have conversations, which I do every day. You know, whether that's just sitting at breakfast with players or just you know, on the plane or having a coffee, whatever it is. I think it's really important. Now Donnie does the same thing. Uh, Donnie and I talk about it. So you're always gathering information, um, and that's kind of what I was referring to. So, yeah, you know, when you look at these things, there's always ways you can add and improve your team. And I don't care where you are in the standings. There just, just is. You always have opportunities to look for ways to get better. Um, will I, am I going to look at potential grit or depth on D? Yeah, those are things that we're going to talk about, but we're not going to do it, you know, at the expense of what we think, you know, hurts us down the road or anything like that. So um, the strong message that I've had from our players, especially Kyle, back to me is, no, we're a competitive group in here. We do not feel ever that we're getting intimidated or pushed around. Um, we want really good hockey players that are competitive, um, that take care of each other, and that's what – you know, they all feel we have. So, of course, we'll be open, we'll look, but I don't think it's something that I'm overly concerned about right now. How often, you're talking about your conversations with your players, how often do you get a chance to talk to the guys, the younger guys, the, the, the ones that are developing that you don't want to block their development and leave, leave an opportunity for them? Devin Levi might be one of these guys. Like, how often do you get a chance to, to talk with your prospects? Oh, yeah, good question. I, I would say... Um, in and out of regular conversation. So what I'll, what I'll explain to you on that is, like, I might go watch Devin Levi play, uh, which I did a few weeks ago, and then, you know, meet with him after the game for a little bit, have a chat, text him, you know, every couple weeks, every few weeks, just checking in, you know, just a fine line of, hey, we're here, you know, keep up the good work versus, you know, in their face or overdoing it. They have, they're on other teams. They have coaches. They need to stay focused on where they are. Um, but I do check in, you know, Matt Savoy, uh, I called him at Christmas break um, when, you know, he didn't make Team Canada, and I wanted to explain to him exactly what I thought about that and why I think it's actually a great thing for him and wanted to make sure that his head was in the right place. So uh, periodically I do, um, but I know our development staff does an amazing job led by Adam Mayer, and I read the reports every day and the communication conversations. But you guys know my style. I'm very hands-on. I have very little time for um, – you know, the old way of like, hey, you don't talk to this person or the GM sits up in his office and comes down once in a while and yells. That's just not my style. And um, I have to be myself. But, you know, I, I love talking and, and talking to our players, talking to our prospects, asking questions, finding out about their families. That's just, you know, my style. Beanpot final, huh? Monday? Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Oh, it'll be fun. It will be. <laughs> so he, he, was, he was tremendous in the game. I don't know if you guys watched it, but... I'll be out in California, but uh, I'll be watching on my computer for sure. Yeah, championship game, the Beanpot Final, is Monday at 7.30 between Northeastern and Harvard. And Levi, of course, the goaltender for Northeastern. Yeah, you were, I mean, yesterday, when you were asked about goaltending, you were asked about goaltending in general here and in the organization and, you know, UPL and how well he's playing. You did not hide your excitement for Devin Levi. Um, why? <laughs> what, why are you so excited about this kid? Well, you know, I think there's a combination um, of of what I've, learned being around him and watching him he is a student of the game uh he is 
just wired differently from most players at that age. Um, his his capacity to take in information and learn and grow is is off the charts. Um, and I do believe, you know, there's a couple traits that I've seen over the years that really translate into players having future success. One is, you know, really being self-aware and really being able to dissect your game and understand your game, and he has that. And the other is curiosity. And he is a curious kid who asks questions, and he's open to learning and growing. But I just see something special in this kid in terms of how he approaches his professionalism. Um, you know, I was at a game where they got beat, actually, and, and he let in some goals that is rare for him. Um, it was a lopsided loss they had, and not one ounce of body language pointing at your defenseman or put your arms in the air. It's just certain things that I see that's pretty rare at that age um, get me excited. Now, we're not going to get carried away and rush him. We're just going to let him be him. And when it's the right time, it's the right time. Kevin, last thing I have for you, I wanted to do a bigger picture thing because, as you know, I think you know you guys certainly had your work cut out for you trying to turn this thing back around. Where the franchise had dipped, trying to win fans back. You know, you're seeing bigger crowds in the arena now. We had the Rasmus Dahlin letter to the fans, hey, come on back. A lot of fans, you know, are excited. This team's in a playoff race. There's a lot of reasons to feel good about where the franchise is trending right now. How do you think the job is going, so to speak? What kind of feedback are you getting in terms of winning the fans back and trying to get the building full once again? Well, you know, the, the way I guess I can judge that is um, when I leave my house and just being, <laughs> being a part of the community. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you, the first uh, year and a half on the job was um, not a lot of uh, fun conversations or comments from fans and disappointed you know where where we were and how are we going to turn this thing and you know I'm a big believer in just being honest just telling the truth and not hiding and I think you saw that from me in the beginning was hey where we are is is we're going to have to change this and it's not acceptable and we're going to try to earn it every day so now what I've sensed in our community is excitement you know I I, people see me around. I'm in, I'm in restaurants and rinks, you know, and people want to come up and talk and they say, I love watching this team. I love what's happening here. I love seeing the personalities of these players. This is, this is special. I can see it building. So I, I think that people are excited. Now we know we have to just keep burning it. We have to keep getting better. We have to grow. Um, we have to do our part to make sure that our fan base trusts us um, in a way that they can come in this building and, and have a fun experience. So um, you know, and I've been talking to the business side about, you know, preparing for success. We have to make sure this is an atmosphere that's fun. The fan experience is fun when they walk in the building, you know, all of it. So I sense that it's um, we're getting there. We mm -hmm. still aren't where we need to be. We have a long way to go, but we're going to work. We're going to keep going and, um, you know, can't wait for the time when, you know, this building is, is what I've heard before as a player and coming in here. I know what it's all about in this place, and that excites me. One last one for me, Kevin. We were talking earlier about Owen Powers' um, Calder odds, like Rookie of the Year, and played a clip, Elliot Friedman, saying, you know, he's not getting the attention he should. In college, if you have a Heisman candidate, the, the school will yeah, right. kind of promote and want the guy to win and push that. And I don't know if that ever happens on the NHL level. Like, Will, will the Sabres in any way... Um, try to make that happen. You know, you want your guy to get rewarded, and you obviously think he's a, a heck of a player. We all see him. I, I just don't know if that ever really happens internally in league circles where you, you know, you talk your guy up or I, I got a Howard knows this. 
with D'Angelo Williams yeah. was, a, was a running back at Memphis. They yeah. sent out matchbox cars to people. Race car, yeah. yeah, they just really want cool. they want you to yeah. know his name. And I, I wonder if there's any level of that or any gamesmanship when it comes to uh, you know the NHL level. Well, I'll take it, I'll take the opportunity to do it right now. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a special kid uh, on and off the ice. And you know what's interesting is I think sometimes probably all of us fans, myself, everybody, you forget how young he is. Um, I mean, there's there's games this year, especially when we were a little bit banged up in the back, and he's playing 29, 29 and a half, 30 minutes and controlling the game. And, you know, his his recent scoring is just a byproduct of how well he's played. I mean, he could have multiple goals earlier in the season. The puck just didn't go in. So, I mean, I know I'm biased, but I think he has been at times dominant, which is very rare uh, for a defenseman at his age. But I guess to really answer your question, I don't know, Jeremy. It's a, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I will ask. I'm gonna when I I'm sitting in the uh, right outside the arena right now in my car here, and when I walk in, I'm gonna ask the right people because I I don't know. I've never thought about that. Um, but what I can tell you is his his plays being noticed by the players in the league and you know the the general managers and people I talk to every day that you, there's very rare that a conversation doesn't happen where they're like, wow, that kid is special. So. Um, I think I don't know who votes on it. To be honest with you, I don't even know. But um, you know, I certainly think people are aware of what type of player he is. So with power, here's what you're going to do: you're going to send out these little miniature toy buffaloes, <laughs> and with his stats and anything you wanted them to know about the kid written on the buffalo. Oh, I got a better idea. Why don't we send like six foot six, like life size posters or <laughs> whatever? It. You know, like I remember when I was a kid, I had the Michael Jordan six foot six poster. You know that I used huh. to measure myself every day, and maybe All that's right. what we do. So you guys are you guys are helping us on the marketing side. Keep it up. This is nice. Who's gonna win the Super Bowl? Oh well, you know I absolutely despise Kansas City for obvious reasons. So I mean, I'm gonna as tough as it is to to for Philadelphia because. You know, we know how the Philly fan base can be at times, but uh, I'm going to go with Philly. We're going to watch it together as a team in California, and uh, hopefully it's a good game. All right. Good. Thank you for the time, Kevin. Thanks for coming on with us, and uh, continued success on the season. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Take care. Thank you. That is Kevin Adams with us on the Western Hotline. They play the Sabres are home tomorrow. It is an afternoon game. Uh, I probably should check. I would assume tickets might be available. But anyway, it's a matinee game if you want to go out. Weather's not so bad this weekend, I don't think. It's a 12-30 game tomorrow. And then on a plane and out west all next week. Calgary plays. That's who they play tomorrow. They lost to the Red Wings last night, 2-1. to one. They did outshoot the Wings 36-17 to 17 they, and lost 2-1. They've been on the road for like over a week. They were on the road last weekend, I think. They've been on, I think, some fairly decently long. See how long they've been on this trip because I'm – I remember them playing maybe in one of the New York teams about a week ago or so. Yes, and they're st- they they played okay. Yeah, it's a, Rangers, Red Wings, Sabers, Sens. Oh, it's, this is on, only the third on game on the trip. East Coast That's not trip. Bad. All right, I thought I was kind of hoping it was the back end of maybe a seven game swing or something like that, and they'd be exhausted. Eight oh three oh five fifty to join us. Okay, so when we get back, Jeremy and Joe like to do these wagers. With celebrities shown on NFL telecasts, yes, I've Super got Bowl. some nominees from the prop bets. There's a whole bunch of a handful of names, I should say, of famous Eagles fans, celebrities, famous Chiefs fans who might be on the telecast. We'll run them by you guys and see what you think. You can grab a line and join us too. Eight zero three zero five fifty WGR.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.